Hey, welcome in everybody to the Coach Bardo's podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Hey, we're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Search out for Coach Bo Knows. You'll find it there. You can also email us at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. This is episode 38, and uh, we're going to do some Coach Bo rants today. Just a few different topics going to get into, and then uh, a couple of big, uh, not a big announcement, an announcement for some programming coming up in June, and then we're going to get up out of here and get ready for the point five on Friday. Uh, first thing first was the NBA it was fantastic this weekend. I don't know if you may caught Game Seven. We had two Game Sevens on Sunday. Um, Celtics Bucks. Celtics win big by twenty eight at home against the Bucks. Uh, this game was every bit of a game until I think midway through the third quarter, and the Celtics turned it on. They were shooting the ball well. Uh, Jason Tatum played well. This the entire there was more want to, if you will, from the Celtics than from the Bucks. Um, I will exclude Giannis on the lack of want to. Uh, Giannis ended up with 25 points, 20 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, I actually read a quick note on Twitter earlier in the day that Giannis had, it was the first time in NBA history a player had 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a playoff round, in an individual round. That guy is phenomenal. And uh, he is obviously, I mean, he was an MVP last year. He's obviously in the tippy-top, you know, echelon of players in the NBA. And while I think Jason Tatum on the Boston side is their best player, he's not in that in that stratosphere. But, wow, the Celtics really, uh, they, they outplayed the Bucs. They just, they outplayed them. I think the Celtics, I think both the teams that are left in the East, the Celtics and the Heat, I think are the two best coach teams in the entire league. And I think that goes to the Celtics not having, they don't have the one big name. Jason Tatum is a big name, uh, but he is not at the Giannis, LeBron, Kevin Durant, you know, those kind of guys. These the big time free agency guys. You know, he's not thought of in that way. Um, he's been phenomenal in Boston. They've been getting help from, you know, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. Everybody stepped up as a team this series. And they played phenomenally. I, I was watching back at the series earlier in the week, and I thought, last Tuesday, I thought, when looking at the Celtics had that big game, the big fourth quarter against the Bucks. they ended up winning that game by eight. I thought, and it was just last Monday, I'm sorry. Um, I thought that was the best that Celtics could play. I didn't think they'd have much left in the tank after that. And uh, boy, was I wrong, because on Sunday in the afternoon, uh, the Celtics gave the Bucks everything they wanted, and they literally dominated the game from the midway point of the third quarter to the end of the game. They just were they were shooting the lights out. There was more want to. There was more hustle on the Celtics side. Um, it was better coaching as well, frankly. I just the atmosphere, the the Celtics fans. They made that place rock, and that was tough for the Bucks. And the Celtics um, did their thing and win the series in Game Seven. So congratulations to the Boston Celtics on surviving and advancing to play the Miami Heat. Um, the other game seven, the Mavericks and the Suns. 
I couldn't have been more wrong on what I thought a game seven was going to be within these two. I thought the Suns were going to win this game. I thought the Suns were going to win it. I, I thought it would be close, but I thought in the end the Suns would pull away at home in the desert. You know, they're big, they're three-headed monster of Chris Paul and um, DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker. I thought it would just be too much for Luka by himself. But man, Luka came to play. Luka Doncic, 35 points, 10 rebounds, and really didn't have to play much in the second half. Um, this was a 30-point game at the half. Uh, the Celtics only had 10 points in the second quarter. I'm sorry, I said the Celtics. I mean the Suns only had 10 points in the second quarter. Um, abysmal performance by the Suns from the get-go. I mean, the Mavs came out. This was the, the perfect character of a team coming out and punching someone in the mouth and just taking it to somebody, and that's exactly what the Mavericks did. There was at no point where the Suns had any chance coming back in this game. And uh, that's a shame. I mean, Chris Paul's 37 years old, and he he got tired uh, the last three games of this series. That's a long season for a 37-year-old guy who's really at times having to carry that team. Uh, you know, the Suns had the best record in the league. They cruised to a 60-win season, 64 wins. I didn't know this until the broadcast. I actually heard it during the broadcast. I thought the broadcast was great, by the way. Um, the Mavs were the second winningest team after the All-Star break, which doesn't surprise me. It, it kind of surprised me at the time, but when I went to think about it, I was like, man, they have played so well down the uh, down the stretch. So um, I just, uh, big, big win for the, the Mavericks. They're going to move on to the conference, t- conference championship. And so we've got uh, Tuesday night, first Eastern Conference Championship game. We'll have the Celtics and the Heat. That'll be on ESPN on Tuesday night, starting that series. And then on TNT on Wednesday, we'll have Mavericks Warriors. Um, I got to admit, I kind of like both the underdogs here. I think I like the Mavericks. Um, I If Luka can do what Luka did against the Suns, if he can do it against the Warriors, uh, I think they have a chance. And then... The Heat and the Celtics, I don't have a great feel for this. Like I said, these are the two best coach teams. And I love the way both these teams are built. They have the one, I guess you could call it a franchise player, Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler, you know, respectively both teams. But then, but neither of those players are the top echelon guys. They're not LeBron. They're not KD. They're not Giannis. Those guys. But they're really, really great players. And so we're going to see one of these two great players in the NBA Finals this year. Uh, I will say I'm rooting for whoever wins the East. The Heat or the Celtics, whichever one it is, I'm rooting for either of them. Uh, I think both these coaches have done a fantastic job. I think Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA since Pat Riley's retirement. And uh, I just absolutely love him. I think he's the, the most valuable coach as well. I think he's done so well. Be hard to pick against the Heat. I am going to pick the Celtics. I just I like their team all around. I think they're just a really complete team. So, give me the Celtics and the Heat. I got the Celtics and uh, the Mavericks. The one worry I have about the Mavericks is if the Warriors rain down on the threes and they're hitting shots. If Clay Thompson is hitting shots. If uh, Draymond's playing well, they're going to be hard to beat. 
But uh, I think this will be interesting. I think we'll have two great series with some great players on all four teams. And I think either way, we're going to have a really interesting NBA Finals. I do want to talk one broadcasting thing about the Game 7s. And this was strange. I had kind of Game 7 fever on Sunday. I watched the first one, and we had like an hour and a half in between games. So I switched over to Inside the NBA, um, the pregame. Now, look, I love Inside the NBA. I love Ernie. I love Shaq. I love Barkley. I love Kenny Smith. They are all really good at what they do. I think Charles Barkley is the best analyst in all of sports. I think he is the guy who truly understands. He's been doing it for 20 years. It, once you've been doing it that long, you really study the game the way he's watching the game. I think it's hard to not be as good as he is. I mean, he's thoughtful, he's insightful, insightful, and he doesn't get caught up in who he likes and dislikes uh, individually. He's not afraid to to say someone didn't play well or someone did play well, those kind of things. I'm watching the pregame, though. I This hurts to say because I am, as you guys know, if you listen to this, I'm an LSU guy. Shaq is an LSU guy. I don't think Shaq understands basketball. <laughs> I don't. Shaq was a phenomenal player. And obviously he knows how basketball works. But what I mean is I don't think Shaquille O'Neal can look at a game other than how he played the game. If you if you ever notice, whether it's in the pregame show or the postgame show, they're talking about the, the minutia of the game. Shaq always draws it back to the fact that he won some championships and he and his play and how he was a champion. Barkley wasn't a champion, but Shaq was. And the Shaq's brain, I think that means he thinks he knows more about basketball than Charles Barkley. I don't think that's even close to the, the truth. Um, and I do think Shaq is really, really funny on the show. He serves a really great role. He's entertaining as hell. And I don't think it's a bad thing what Shaq does. Um, I just, it's it's funny. In the pregame, they were asking, you know, hey, they go to Shaq first. He's the bigger name. Ernie Johnson throws it to Shaq about the game. He says something. They go right over to Barkley, and Barkley just says, I couldn't disagree with you more. And it really hit me that I don't think Shaq really understands the game, how it's played differently than when he played or how he played. I think he can understand the game where you can be so physically dominating. Hey, look, I've said that that guy was the most dominating basketball player I've ever seen. He wasn't the greatest player. I mean, MJ's MJ. But Shaq was physically just more dominant than anybody else. And I think he relied on that in his, in his career. You can see it by how he wasn't as good a player as he got older. But then also I think you look at that and you say, well, now – he can't communicate as well about the game because he really only sees it through his eyes. He doesn't look at it as to what other teams have to do. That's the one thing. I think that I'd almost take Shaq off the pregame show and have him for the postgame show. The hijinks, the postgame stuff, it's why the Inside the NBA wins all those Emmys. It's why it's a great show. Uh, but there's a reason why Shaq's not on, you know, uh, TNT and, and Turner's broadcasts of college basketball when they do the tournament because he really doesn't add a whole lot. Uh, but Barkley, Kenny Smith, they're great. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. And I didn't watch the post game show. I was 
trying to record this podcast, which ended up falling way by the wayside, but <laughs> funny stuff there. Anyway, um, I just had that thought, and it hurt me to say to think that because I am a big Shaq fan, but I don't know what he adds on a pregame show like that. Uh, speaking of athletes and pre- and post-game shows, my man Drew Brees looks like he is not going to work with NBC Sports anymore. I'm thinking this is going to have a mutual decision, but it looks like uh, NBC is letting go of Drew Brees. I think Drew was originally signed. Uh, he called game. He called the playoff game this past year. He called some. Um, he did Notre Dame football, and I think he was going to be sort of the heir apparent to Chris Collinsworth on the Sunday night football. But I think now there's a lot of talk of what's going to happen with Drew Brees. I think the technical stuff was he didn't have a really good call in the playoff game. NBC did. Um, he didn't have a good call at all for that Bengals-Raiders game. And I think that's really hurt him, kind of stung him quite a bit. Um, he, he's left NBC Sports. He had kind of a cryptic tweet uh, Monday morning about his future. You know, he even joked that maybe he'll go back into playing. Um, look, folks, Drew Brees is not going back to play football. And my New Orleans Saints had better not go sign Drew Brees. Um, I guess Drew Brees kind of just being being jovial and being being outgoing about stuff. Um, I do expect Drew Brees to be in a booth this year. I think he's going to sign with Fox. We talked on the point five about Tom Brady's big contract, but he's going to be, you know, that's only at least one year away. Um, I would argue it's probably going to be exactly one year away. And I think that Drew Brees would make a really good number two booth with somebody, um, whether it's Adam Amin or uh, Joe Davis. But, I do expect that Drew Brees is probably going to sign with Fox. I think it's kind of inevitable, the split with NBC Sports. I think that, you know, maybe Chris Collinsworth is going to be there longer than people thought. And maybe it was an example of, well, let's see what Drew can do. He really wasn't a great fit in the pre- and post-game shows. And I think he wants to be in the booth. And that's where the money's being made by his top quarterbacks as well. And with Tom Brady being the number one guy at Fox, probably starting in 2023, it gives Drew Brees the opportunity to be the number two guy, which is, I mean, there's no shade in that. And then also, um, I don't see him be the number one guy in 2022. I think Greg Olson's going to have that job. But uh, it gives Drew Brees the opportunity to do some games that way. We'll see what happens. We'll talk a little more about that down the road as we know a little more. I did see Stephen A. Smith on Monday morning. Uh, saying some negative things about Jameis Winston and saying, hey, the New Orleans Saints have got to get back together with Drew Brees. That is the exact thing that Saints need to not do. Drew Brees' arm has been washed for three years, and taking a year off is not going to help that. As much as he can see the field and do some things, I think that it's a, a really, really bad idea for the Saints to go back and try to bring in Drew Brees, the quarterback, in 2022. Um, not just because Breeze has been gone for the last year, but he was washed up two years ago. He played poor in 2020, and even 2019 he wasn't great. Um, I think that is, this is Jameis Winston's show if you're the New Orleans Saints, and I think you have put the pieces around him. They signed Jarvis Landry this past week. They have a phenomenal defense, what it's going to look like going in, and there's some offensive pieces. I see no reason why to mess things up with Drew Breeze. I do think it's a little bit of an indictment on Sean Payton these last couple of years before this 2022 offseason. You know, the Saints refused to go get Drew Brees' help in 2020, 2019, those kind of things, where they really needed to, 
to get Drew Brees that help, and they never did it on the offensive side. I know that he's probably looking at this now with you know, a, a healthy Alvin Kamara, a healthy Michael Thomas, you know, bringing in Jarvis Landry. You know, you look at that and go, wow. I mean, this, 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 some, you know, they, this, um, they draft Chris Olave. You know, there's some stuff going on there. So interesting kind of take there as well. Hey, as we move on here, I want to uh, take a moment and thank our sponsor this week, which is Gold Belly. Um, I know we've talked about Gold Belly the last couple of weeks, and if you check out the link in our show notes, you'll uh, see a link in the show notes. You can follow that and check it over to the Gold Belly website. I'll tell you something I think you got to take a look at, and that is the subscription boxes. Subscription boxes are so cool. Uh, I think I might have to get a couple of these. So you, there's some different uh, boxes where you can get a per month uh, a thing, whether that be a pizza subscription, a dessert subscription, a cookie subscription, bacon, pies, barbecue, ice cream from different places. You choose how many months, one, three, five, a year, however often you want to do it. They everything from uh, from a monthly to three months, six months, and 12 months. Uh, I also love, this is kind of a cool one, you can support local restaurants in certain cities, whether it be New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami, NOLA, my hometown, New Orleans. Hey, it's a great way of trying some different things and of supporting Gold Belly. And we want to thank Gold Belly for supporting us here at the Coach Bono's podcast. So you can save $25 on your first order of $50 or more. Use the link in our show notes. Uh, check out Gold Belly and enjoy. We appreciate Gold Belly for sponsoring the show today. All right, last couple things, and then we're going to get up out of here. But uh, one of the other things I want to talk about was this past week, the NFL schedule release came out on Thursday. And, you know, we had Friday's podcast, which we'd already recorded. And I find the schedule release, even though there's a huge show on ESPN and NFL Network, uh, I I find this to be the biggest (laughs) non-story. But the reason that it's something, that it is programming, is because one Places need programming, whether it be ESPN or NFL Network, but also because just of the dominance of NFL programming. If you notice, their ratings are always better than everybody else's. Everything the NFL does is just bigger and better. And the schedule release, while I don't think it was good television, I don't, I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily enjoy any of it. Um, you know, it's something else. It's one piece to kind of keep you salivating and getting you ready for the season. I do find one good exercise about the schedule release. And that's my personal life. I grab the Saints schedule as soon as it comes out. I compare it to the LSU football schedule and try to find those one or two weekends a year where they play at home with the same weekends. Maybe that's sometimes where I take a road trip. Actually, we got four of them this year. So uh, we'll be making at least one road trip, uh, maybe two. We'll see. But uh, we'll have some fun and take care of that. So that's one of the great things. But I do find the schedule release to be a great example of just the utter dominance the NFL has in sports programming and how that's just amazing. It's a great example of what they've done very, very well. The NFL schedule release show on ESPN did better than the NBA playoffs the week before. It's done better than any part of the NHL playoffs in any Major League Baseball game so far this year. So, just more eyes. It's what they do. It's what they do well. It's pretty amazing what the NFL's doing. So wanted to jump in on that. One more piece of news. This kind of happened late in the week, kind of under the radar here in locally in Kansas, is the governor, uh, Lauren Kelly, signed into a bill 
uh, signing into law, sports gambling finally approved in Kansas. Um, it looks like things won't be ready till early September. They're trying to get things situated and put together before football season begins. We don't know exactly what this is going to look like. Uh, Governor Kelly mentioned in her press conference and, and signing the bill and her release that this was going to be something you could be able to do at the casinos, in approved sports books, and in restaurants. I thought that was an interesting line that she included in there. I don't know what that's all about yet. I'm sure we'll learn more, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm interested to see if that's going to include apps. Are we going to see apps like we do in certain states? Uh, I know that every state's been a little different with how they've opened that. You know, I was in Illinois uh, a couple of times in the last year, and they have approved apps in certain in, in their state. Um, you know, in Louisiana, where I'm from originally, the same thing. Certain apps are available in those states. Uh, be interested to see what happens in Kansas, but it looks like we got the uh, sports gaming thing. We've come on. We're going to be coming online, hopefully, right before football season. So that'll be big, and I, it's going to be a big tax revenue for the state. Uh, that'll be really, really super. And uh, I'm not going to get into the political side part of that right now. Ellen and I can discuss that on the point five if we feel like it. But uh, I think it'll be quite the boom for that kind of thing. So I'm really happy with that. Last subject. This is going to be kind of funny. This is all kind of personal on this one. So if you're a longtime listener or if you know me, you know that I have a son. He's 19 years old. He turns 20 in June. His name is Peyton. They call him P-Money. And, you know, we talk wrestling on here every so often, and my son is the advocate of wrestling. He is, he loves wrestling. And his birthday's coming up in June. So I decided, what could dad do that would be kind of cool? And I thought, well, I'll take him to a wrestling show. I thought, well, is there WWE coming to Kansas City? Or there is AEW coming right before his birthday. But instead, I got suckered on this move. I suckered myself into it. If you're not aware, AEW Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, the one that's on TBS on Wednesday nights and Friday nights, they are going to have a big pay-per-view show in Chicago in late June. This is going to be a dual show, is All Elite Wrestling, AEW, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, where it's going to be kind of the two uh, promotions against one another, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime, at least never done before, probably a better way of putting it in this case. So I was able to get a couple of tickets, and I'm going to take Peyton up to AEW for his birthday. So we're going to go to Chicago. Um, I don't know how I've talked myself into this. I guess I'm just being a good dad. Uh, it should be fun, though. I think I'll enjoy it as well. I'm hoping he'll enjoy it. But we're going to try to do some programming for it. By that time, all of our stuff we're working on with NIL, which is going to take up a lot of our programming in June. We're still working on some of those interviews and getting those squared away. Uh, but we're going to have some stuff here on this podcast involving the AEW New Japan show. I think we'll probably do a couple of interviews while we're there. And then I'm going to have a um, one of our pods will be Peyton doing making his first appearance on the podcast and doing a review of the show. So we're, we're hoping to get something big done while we're in Chicago. I hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, after Memorial Day weekend, Hayden Falk will come on. And he and I will kind of do a, a prep course, if you will, on uh, what's going to happen at that pay-per-view. Kind of some ideas and things we're looking forward to. I know he's looking forward to that, watching that event. It'll be on pay-per-view if you want to check it out. We'll get you all the information as we get closer. So uh, a couple of personal, a personal note in there as well. 
Uh, going to kind of tease something for the point five. So Ellen and I will be in on the point five as we always are. And this week, I'll be making a pretty major and personal announcement. I'm not going to talk about it right now, but it's going to be something I've never talked about and something we're going to be doing. Uh, I think it'll be fun for people, and I hope that it'll also be helpful for folks. Uh, we'll be talking about that at length. I think Ellen's someone who's a, a close friend, and uh, she'll be able to help get some of the stuff out of me that we're going to talk about that day. So uh, we will have that on Friday's podcast, the point five as we call it. And uh, we'll talk, you know, of course, whatever's happening between now and then in the sports world as well. So going to wrap it up with that today. Uh, I want to say thank you to uh, our producer, Tyler Jones. Uh, everything you do at Studio Soapbox behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Without you, I'm not doing this. So I really appreciate it. Don't forget a couple of things. One, check out the show notes. Check out Little Bill. We really do appreciate your sponsorship. It'd be huge if you guys could give them a shot. Also, don't forget to rate us and review us. Our ratings have been going up. We really appreciate that. Uh, whether it's on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. Until Friday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great week. Remember your time tokens are not refundable. Take care.